everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, it's all about money, both how to save it and the top five ways we waste it. Unlike going into the last major downturn in the United States, which was precipitated by households having way too much debt in the way of subprime mortgages, uh, this one was precipitated by uh, corporations and firms in the United States having way, way, way too much leverage, and that left the economy very vulnerable to a shock. You've had companies that, that you would say, wow, I can't believe they're still in business, be able to access the financing that they need. So we call them zombie companies, and we now know that one in five American, big American companies is, is now a zombie company, basically kept alive by very unfair, unbalanced policy that's been unleashed by the Federal Reserve what we call the silver tsunami. So there's going to be a, a disconnect, if you will, between the homes that boomers want to sell and the homes that millennials want to buy. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So this episode is first coming out in the beginning of July. And I think it's safe to say that this is an unprecedented and uncertain time especially when we look at the economy and what's ahead. Our first guest is an expert in finance, the stock market, and the Federal Reserve. She's worked on Wall Street, has been an advisor to the Federal Reserve, and is the CEO of Quill Intelligence, where she has been named one of the top voices on economic trends three years in a row. And I think that she has this fascinating insight into what's happening now, what's going to happen, and what we can do about it when it comes to the economy. This is Danielle DiMartino Booth. So essentially, when you look at the economy and finance right now, where are we? Where do you think that we're headed? Well, I, I think that right now the U.S. economy is uh, in, in its deepest recession since, uh, since the Great Depression. So I think that we're in kind of uncharted territory, if you will, for, at least for most living Americans, uh, unlike going into the last major downturn in the United States, which was precipitated by households having way too much debt in the way of subprime mortgages. Uh, this one was precipitated by uh, corporations and firms in the United States having way, way, way too much leverage, and that left the economy very vulnerable to a shock, which is why we're seeing a downturn of, of this magnitude following the coronavirus outbreak. Like, are we just going to bounce right back when everything kind of resumes like normal, or how is this going to work in your opinion? Well, uh, unfortunately, we're seeing that that the economy was, again, in, in such a fragile place prior to this happening that we've had the highest number of outright bankruptcies since 2009. And a, a, a lot of these companies obviously will go away and, and never hire again. We, we had a, a jobs report recently that on its surface looked good uh, with a falling unemployment rate. But unfortunately, we've, we've, uh, we've had 2.8 million uh, permanent layoffs in the United States. To put that in some context, in the recession of 2001, that's about as high as we ever got with permanent job losses, and it puts it on par with September 2008. At that point, headed into the financial crisis, we were also at this same kind of very high level of permanent job losses, indicating that it's going to be a lot more than just the reopening impulse 
to put the economy back where it was. In fact, that could take years, possibly, very probably. For me, somebody who really doesn't know much about anything financial, like what should I be paying attention to? The jobs report, the stock market, like what what should I really be watching? Well, I think the most important single factor that you want to pay attention to at this point is the jobs market because the U.S. economy uh, at, at its most fundamental level is 75% consumption. So we are what we spend as a country. That's the simple fact. So if people don't have jobs or if a third of the companies that have not had to push through um, layoffs but have cut incomes, have cut pay, if that's the case, then people are less capable of spending what they did uh, last year and or they don't have a job at all. So again, we are what we spend as a country. Follow the jobs market the most closely. However bad that this is going to be, is it going to be a quick kind of bad, like we're going to know immediately, or is it going to be a slow progress, like, oh, wow, we're really not going to hit the bottom for months? Unfortunately, what we're seeing play out right now is that we're having a strong bounce back as there are rolling reopenings going throughout the country. But at the same time, because there wasn't a coordinated national response to the coronavirus, we've got... A massive wave in the sunbelt of, of, of virus counts increasing, and we're seeing one city and, and state after another pull back on their reopening. So what we look like we're seeing in terms of an economic recovery is that we've got this sharp bounce back headed into the second half, and now we're retrenching. So we're going to have something called a W-shaped recovery where we slide back down. And to your point, that is going to make recovery be much more protracted than it would otherwise be. I mean, is it going to be a situation where the haves, it's not going to be that bad and the have nots, it's going to be really bad. Is that going to be the case? Well, I think a lot of that, uh, sadly, is going to depend on the next stimulus package that comes out of an increasingly divided Congress. Uh, at the end of July, there is a supplementary $600 per week in unemployment insurance that is set to expire. Uh, a lot of rental moratoriums are expiring as well. And, uh, and, and in some cases, forbearances on mortgages also will start to be coming due, such that you will indeed uh, have people of means, people of wealth, be fairly untouched by what's to come. But you will, you will increasingly see those who, with less uh, look, look to alternatives so, so that there aren't kind of emergency, financial emergencies in their life. Just to give you one example, we've seen a spike in the number of, of uh, multiple, multiple parts of family bunking up together. So we, we've been joking about the millennials in the basement for a generation now, uh, but this is an actual spike in the number of people who are either parents moving in with their children or children moving in with their parents. Is there anything that I know obviously hindsight is 2020 but is there anything that we as a society or from a policy standpoint that could have done that could have avoided all of this? Uh well now that's a that's a very deep question and I I the the answer is that yes there is something that we could have done many decades ago when the, with the advent of the credit card and um what what that taught Americans and what became ingrained in their way of consuming and behaving as well as companies, as well as the, the, the federal government, then this is fostered by years of 
the Federal Reserve holding borrowing costs at artificially low levels, which really does facilitate a lot more borrowing than than you could do otherwise. It's if it's cheap to borrow, then you can borrow more, right? It's pretty simple. But it's it's become an ingrained part of our culture. And that left a lot of US families as well as US companies uh hit by this this outside shock of the virus and completely unprepared because saving has become this extinct part of the American culture. And, you know, you, you might remember your grandparents or your parents saying, boy, you, you've always got to save for a rainy day. But for so many Americans, that was an abstract, in theory, notion. And what we saw coming into this was that households with, that made $100,000 in 2019, that 38% of these households, to take one example, had not a penny of savings set aside. So uh, I, I think that this will leave a scar of sorts. It's certainly going to feel like a scar for Americans who've become accustomed to getting the latest iPhone when it comes out and always upgrading their car every few years when it comes off of lease and always having the nicest, newest things. I think that the, I think that there will be a lasting uh, permanence, if you will, in how we view spending money going forward because so many found themselves unprepared. One of the things that struck me, like I kind of you know, I knew a lot of people that lived paycheck to paycheck, and that seemed to be a pretty consistent thing. But I was really surprised to hear how many companies were essentially doing the same thing. That's exactly right. And you are seeing where even small and medium-sized companies in the United States, A, didn't have a cash cushion, or B, had too much debt taken out and found themselves, you know, sideswiped by this by this tragedy that has seen a loss of small businesses that, that, that concerns me will take many, many years, if ever, to recover uh, a recent uh, a recent survey by Yelp. You, you, you know, Yelp, you can always yeah. see Yelp online for this and that review. But a recent survey by Yelp found that a third of retailers, including small retailers, and over 50%, 53% of restaurants say that they're going to be closed permanently after this. These are massive numbers to recover from, which goes back to one of your first questions, whether or not this is going to be a matter of bouncing back in a matter of months or years. Are we – but is, when you look at that, I mean are these solvent companies in the sense that like, yeah, these are these are rock-solid stuff? I'm thinking of like Caterpillar or things that you think of. They're, they're not going anywhere or is this kind of – forgive me for the phrase – like getting rid of companies that only had a couple of years left anyway? Unfortunately, um, what you raise is there are going to be plenty of household names that are still household names years from now. Uh, There were some small mom-and-pop companies that were just illiquid and were not able to access the financing that they needed to bridge this crisis, but they were actually strong, sturdy, solvent, good balance sheet companies but didn't get the access to to liquidity because – Maybe they didn't qualify for the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, maybe a lot of their employees were 1099, or they weren't able to use 75% of the proceeds for employment if they were only going to be open up, be able to open up their company in bits and pieces to uh, in, in order to uh, to adhere to health standards. So in that sense, we have lost some American companies that we should not have. But by the same token, because the Federal Reserve has opened up liquidity problems, uh, excuse me, liquidity programs 
to all kinds of junk-rated companies. We also have facilitated the living dead in the larger corporate sector with access to the capital markets, access to the corporate bond market. You've had companies that, that you would say, wow, I can't believe they're still in business, be able to access the financing that they need. So we call them zombie companies. And we now know that one in five American, big American companies is, is now a zombie company, basically kept alive by very unfair, unbalanced policy that's been unleashed by the Federal Reserve. This may be a really naive question, this may be a good question. Why why can't we just distribute money to everybody? You know, the idea of universal basic income, because it seems in some senses like you have to have a job so you can have money, so that you can spend, so you can prop up companies that hire people to have jobs. Like what why can't we just give people money? Well, we have. We have just given people money. We we've been giving people money since the CARES Act was passed. And if you consider uh, an extra $600 a week in unemployment insurance when some, pe- some people were only collecting 250 or $300 a week. There are a lot of people right now who are making more money collecting unemployment than they were making prior to uh, being uh, furloughed or laid off from their position. Uh, the uh, the question I think you're asking is whether or not we can we can sustain this type of policy indefinitely. And I push back on that because I, I'm, I'm of the belief that if we run up national debts to kingdom come, then eventually we will have people who buy our treasuries at auction when, when, when Uncle Sam is the one doing the borrowing, that there will be pushback uh, among creditors to the United States who say, wait a minute, you've got the checkbook wide open, you're just going to run the debts up and, because you have the dollar and the dollar is dominant throughout the world as as the means by which transactions take place. We all know that it's king dollar, but you've taken advantage of that status by running up your debts as much as you have, and then we're going to see pushback, and you see interest rates start to rise, and it's game over. Oh, I see. Let me ask one follow-up question in the sense. It's like somebody could essentially swoop in and buy the debt, and then they could eventually come calling. Is that kind of how it would work? Or they could eventually say, good luck, we're not going to loan to you anymore. Picture picture the, the person in, in the year 2005 who was going to their banker to get the sixth or the seventh mortgage because they'd become a, a professional home flipper. And the banker at some point says, wait a minute, I'm not going to loan you anymore because you've got way too much debt. You're not going to be able to service that in the long run, so I'm going to cut you off. So I'm going to quit borrowing. I'm going to quit lending you more. Switching gears a little bit, how did how did you get into this? What was it that drew you into this world? Well, I was I was fascinated with finance when I went to business school. Um, I, I got out in 1996, and and I started on Wall Street in New York, and it was it was just a dog eat dog, pretty crazy fun world back then in investment banking. But at the same time, there was uh, there was kind of this presence, if you will. This was when pets.com and anything.com for that matter was able to get financing and do an IPO back in 1999, 2000. And so you sensed that there was something that didn't make sense that was fueling this mania, fueling this bubble, kind of like these crazy Robin Hooder investors who we have today that are day trading their stimulus dollars, their stimulus checks. Um, And it wasn't until really I had left Wall Street and discovered what the Federal Reserve 
was and how big of an impact that it made uh, on on our day-to-day lives and actually joined the Fed for the better part of a decade throughout the crisis, that I came to a better understanding of just how little the average American, starting with me, uh, knew about finance and the markets, even though I had worked in them. And that was kind of what got me off on this mission of trying to help educate the world on the importance of understanding economics, understanding that the economy is not the stock market and vice versa and and the effect that debt has on your life, on a small business life, on a big company's life, on, on the U.S. federal government's life, on that of China and how how they interact. So maybe maybe it's it's the beauty of having a better appreciation for sitting down and watching the evening news because if you understand the economics of the world you've got a heck of a lot more context to work with i'll just ask this question directly i I mean i know of the fed i know that the fed is important but i don't know what they do well at the most basic level the fed is mandated with making sure that the dollar bill in our wallet retains its value they're supposed to minimize inflation so that the buying power of your dollar is 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 is, is sustained over the long term. That that's that that's at the most basic. And they're supposed to maximize employment in the U.S. economy by having the most favorable interest rate policies that they can have to make sure that that lending is not cut off. So for you, like a typical day, are you watching the stock market pretty much all day long, looking at jobs reports? Like, how do you go about developing? the research and the foresight that you have? Well, you actually have a pretty good understanding of what I do. Uh, I, I follow the markets very closely every night. Uh, I watch – every Sunday evening, I watch the Asian markets open. I follow the news wires constantly. I, I watch economic data as it's released, and that's a worldwide uh, phenomena. And, and I follow what the financial markets, how they're interpreting it and what companies are reporting – in terms of their earnings every three months or so that, that give me an idea for where we are in any given economic cycle. Are you ready for some of the harder slash listener submitted questions? Of course. Who do you think will have the harder time moving forward, boomers or millennials? I think millennials will. Have they gotten hit harder than any other generation in recent memory? Yes and no. Uh, some of it lies at the feet of their parents who were overly indulgent. And some of it has to do with cosmically where they were. And that is in many ways uh, at, at a time in American history when when four-year college degrees were pursued to a fault when there should have been more vocational training uh, encouraged in the U.S. economy in order to maintain more balance. Do you see any kind of a collapse or any kind of big shift with all of the boomers retiring in the next, what is it, 10 or 15 years? Uh, We definitely see uh, going forward what we call the silver tsunami. So there's going to be a a disconnect, if you will, between the homes that boomers want to sell and the homes that millennials want to buy. And some of it will be price in in nature. And so I I think that there will be a long-term, unexpected downturn in housing as boomers move to downsize, unless that is their children are moving in with them, which is going to be the case increasingly. Uh, But yes, the boomers are going to be liquidating their, their, their investment portfolios, and they will be consuming a lot less. The idea of boomers consuming less has been expedited 
by the coronavirus because of the way that so many have reacted to the coronavirus. And I say that they, they've reacted by not taking protections that allow older people to rejoin day to day life such that we really have locked down a lot of our seniors for longer than we otherwise would. And this will cause a long term ripple effect in consumption. We try to stay a little bit away from politics in this on this particular podcast. So I'll ask you this question. You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but if you want to, then by all means, when you look at the upcoming election, do you look at one person as being significantly better than the other in terms of a financial policy? Better than the other in terms of financial policy? Uh, no would be the answer. I see one of the underlying problems with politics in America today is that there is such extremism that you're voting for an extreme at one end or the other as opposed to something that is closer to being rational and in the middle. What is the best financial advice you have ever gotten or given? The best financial advice that I've ever received is to save, that there is no substitute for actually saving your money, that you cannot rely on investment returns as much as you can rely on having that discipline to always set aside money, and then you can invest it prudently such that it grows with time, but first you got to save it. Will crypto ever be a real thing? I think that sovereign crypto is in the works and that major nations will have cryptocurrencies one day. Really? You think, I mean, that, that far, huh? Oh gosh, yes. It's, 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 it's part of technology that again, the coronavirus has completely expedited. You now have a huge part of of, of um, everybody worldwide who who wants to transact at an arm's length and and, and, is, and in a sense get rid of cash. So, so it, but, but I, I think that we will always hopefully have the ability to have to say, gee, I, I'm an American. I want my $100 bill option or I want to have it in my checking account. But I think that a sovereign cryptocurrency, a Fed coin, if you will, is inevitable because it's in the works in countries such as Russia, Venezuela and China. So it's, at some point, it's a matter of national security to ensure that there is a sovereign cryptocurrency. Is there another country out there that you see that's kind of going to join the ranks of big economic powers in the next reasonable time frame? So I, I do think that we should be on the lookout for some smaller uh, countries such as Singapore, um, some smaller Southeastern Asian countries that are more open to uh, to freer capitalism and to more honest trade than what we've grown accustomed to with China, and so I think that I think that looking for alternatives to China is going to open the doors, indeed, for new entrants. This one's kind of lighthearted. We asked people ahead of time, "What do you think is the biggest overall waste of money?" I would probably have to say iPhones. Yeah, it's not really that much different than the other stuff, is it? No, unfortunately, uh, it's become apparent to me throughout the years that uh, that whatever happens when you download a security update kills your battery and, and makes it to where you, you get so frustrated you want a new iPhone. But in terms of functionality, not much different generation to generation. Just the price is what changes so much. I still got the old one. I still got the 5. 
works Good just for you. <laughs> works just great. You can I had a BlackBerry until last year. I miss my Fed issued BlackBerry. Oh. I miss it. It's so great to just have the key. Did you have the keyboard kind or did you have the screen kind? No, no, I had the keyboard kind. It was great. Oh, I miss it. I really do. I really do. That's pretty much all the questions that I have. Is there anything um anything you think we missed? What's coming up next for you? Uh, no. Um I I I'll be doing a little bit of traveling, uh, which is saying something I haven't been on the road since February, but I will just keep on keeping on. I I've got a research company, Quill Intelligence. We produce daily and weekly, and and I'll I'm always easily accessible on on Twitter as well at Demartino Booth, so come visit. I want to thank Danielle so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we've also included her information on the RSS feed that's in this podcast. Okay. Now let's go ahead and give John Shull a call. Hello? If you were an octopus, what would you hold in your eight hands? That's a tough question. I can tell you I'd have at least two of my hands dedicated to beers or, or, or alcohol. Uh, probably the other two to food. And I don't know. The other four are just there to party. Okay. All right. We definitely <laughs> see what your general priorities are. I mean, I was thinking more of a practical thing. Like, I would definitely hold – well, no, I would say my phone, but – I mean, you would still have pockets potentially as an octopus if you had a phone, right? Like, if you could develop a phone in the octopus world, you'd also probably have some sort of clothing that would have pockets, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, if I if I was an octopus like in modern day, I wouldn't even give a shit about my phone. I would just be partying. You have eight arms. How awesome is that? Well, I mean, you need something to carry. Like, you're just going to carry your wallet all the time? I'm just going to go from city to city and just rock out with my eight Look, you're not thinking this arms. through. You're not thinking this through, really. You're just trying to be cool. You're not really giving this thought. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just telling you how I think I would be. That's all. I'm not trying. You're to not be like cool. you're, just, you're still the I'm same you. Naturally cool. I'm sorry. You're still the same you as an octopus. Oh well, that's shitty. That's why I'm trying not to be me. Okay, well, let's say you as an octopus. What are you doing? <sighs> Well, then I'm probably going to have my phone, uh, you know, probably my phone in a hand. Still still some alcohol, some food. <sighs> that's a tough one. That's Having eight arms, I, I mean, I think it's unnecessary. I don't know what I would do with all eight arms, I guess. Well, I guess you would have to dedicate two of them at the very least to walking. So that really only leaves you with six arms. I would then go ahead and go with my phone. Assuming we don't have octopus pockets, I would do my phone. My wallet. You had to have your car keys in case you had car keys. So that's three hands. Definitely at least one to two of them would have food or beverage. So that leaves me with only one extra hand, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess you'd have to have one extra spare hand just in case. So that's, that's my, that's my rundown of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I would probably have the same thing food, beverage, my phone. I just wouldn't have a spot for the keys. I put them in my little octopus pants or whatever. Okay. Do you feel like you're responsible with money? Now as I get older, yes. When I was younger, a.k.a. any at any point in my 20s, absolutely not. But do you find that you're basically, even though you're making more money now, assuming 
assuming you're making more money now. <laughs> yes, that's the big assumption, but yes, go ahead. Do you still feel like you're in the same basic financial situation? I think I'm poor. Now. I mean, I guess if we're, you're, I, I'm poor now that I was in my 20s, but I have more responsibilities and more things sucking money out of me, if that makes any sense. I think that makes sense. I feel like you really let me down. Like, you let me down with the octopus thing. You let me down with this. Nah, you're just negative, man. You always do this. People love my stories. You're just negative in a... Do they? Who's, mes- who's messaged you that they like your stories? People that listen to the podcast. Who? I want to name. that like me, that like me to entertain them. Oh, so only people you actually know. No random person has ever been like, hey, John, great story. Has anyone ever told you to kick me off the podcast? <laughs> Touche. Touche. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> well, you haven't formally asked yet, so I just keep coming back for the, the brutal treatment. Are you ready for your stuff? <laughs> Are we already on? Yeah, sure. Let's do it, man. Let's give uh, let's give some shout outs. A lot of a lot of uh, social media traffic this week, which is fun. Good to see people interacting with with you, not with me, but it is what it is. Uh, so let's start with uh, we'll start with Gibby, uh, Stephanie, Cameron, Steph's in the city, uh, James, Sharon, Kia, Alex, Jerry, Katie, Martin, and Sandra. Appreciate y'all checking us out, uh, and do me a favor. I've kind of I've adopted this, Nick. I know you hate it probably, but I'm going to do it anyways. Buy a damn T-shirt. I do. Profoundlypointless.com backslash merchandise. It's right there. Uh, men and women's shirts. Don't mess up like I did and order the women's one because it uh, doesn't fit very well, believe it or not. Look, um, a, a large man in a V-neck in a low a large man in a glow cut v-neck does not create the kind of impression that you want to necessarily put out there in the world did you know that the human butt is spelled differently than the butt like the contraction yes i think most people know that i did not fucking know that until like literally 20 minutes ago i had no I'm idea i'm not going to give you much credit but i think you're a smart guy and i think you know that that butt and butt are different spellings I did not know that Seriously, I, I swear to you, I did not know that butt, the human butt, was B-U-T-T. I really thought it okay. was just butt, like, I thought that's how it was. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make fun of you, I mean, it, it happens, I mean, if, if that was me, you'd be drilling me right now, but I'm, I'm gonna say I understand that you were born and raised in Kansas, and it happens. Did you just accuse me of drilling you in the butt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got it. Oh, it took a while, but the setup paid off. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, you know, anything I have now is nothing's going to compare to that. I feel like we should just skip right to the end because <laughs> that's the that's the money. That's the I always said that's the money shot. That's the punchline right there. Oh, okay, let's go to your let's let's move on to whatever. You got me. Um, whatever's next. All right, if you, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, you're back in the gym. What What are you gonna go to first? You doing calf raises or bicep curls? Get the fuck out of here! There's only one <laughs> lift that exists, and that is the bench press. The first thing I'm doing is I'm going to the bench press. I'm slapping on twenty fives on both sides of the bar, repping out six reps, and being store sore for the next week. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> well, gyms still aren't open in Michigan, and uh, probably won't be. So, the, 
are they are they where you are in Washington? Are they, they open? They've been closed for four months. Like I'm legitimately pretty worried about going back in and trying to lift any kind of weight. <laughs> Not in terms of like, oh, I'm so strong, I'm being embarrassed, but I really don't want to be sore. And I'm pretty sure that no matter if I went in there and did the bar five times, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sore the next day. I got to tell you, it's getting a little old seeing everyone post like quarantine photos of themselves and they've lost like 25 pounds. And here I am. I can't even fit into size 44 pants anymore. What are you up to? You up to 47s? No, that's that's a joke. I'm, I'm not in 44s. But uh, the pants. Well, um, what are you I, up to? I'm at a, I'm, I'm 38. I'm at a 38 waist right now. Oh, okay. Thanks. Anyways, uh, so yes, do your quarantine checks if you haven't done them. Uh, uh, for most of us, it's been three months, and you can't fit in your blue jeans, and it's embarrassing. Anyways, it's more embarrassing um, to say the phrase "blue jeans" when you could just say "jeans" like every other person in the world. Whatever. Um, bacon or sausage? Which one are you going with? Bacon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What time of the day? I mean, bro, I'm, I'm assuming breakfast time. See, I might go sausage over bacon at breakfast time, but after probably like 11 a.m., I would probably be a bacon man every single time. <laughs> I mean, you're really thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go sausage all day, every day, but that's... Yeah, you would. <laughs> I, oh, 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 fuck, I did it again. I'm just setting them up for you. You're not even trying. No, huh? Yeah, all right. Um... Well, and then the next one's completely random, but uh, uh, <laughs> Tinker Toys or Legos? Which one are you going with? Were Tinker Toys those shitty wooden things that, like, you had the circular thing and then the dowel that you put in there? Yeah. Is that Tinker exactly. Toys? Get that both. No. I hated <laughs> that crap. Legos is a far superior thing. Is there anything that even competes with Legos? Like, what's the knockoff Lego? I think I think it's well yeah I don't I don't really think there is one. There's that that I think they're called blocks, I think. Just straight blocks? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. My, but they're more geared towards kids, I think, like younger kids. Look, I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but maybe some people have. My definitive ranking would actually be magnetiles, those little magnetized tiles that you can build stuff out of. Then I would go Lego, then Lincoln locks, Lincoln logs. And then, what was the thing called again? What, Tinker Toys? Tinker Toys. Tinker Toys would be last on the list. I mean, of course I had Tinker Toys and Legos growing up. And I actually enjoyed building uh, stuff with Tinker Toys, but that's just me. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that's, that's, listen, that's all I got. Um, I don't have much more. I, I, I do want to tell you, I want to get your thoughts on one thing real fast, and that is plant-based meat have you had any of that yet no i haven't i don't have any issue with it i doubt most people could even tell the difference if you gave it to them so i haven't had any yet but i know some people that i work with that are, are switching to plant-based meat for a variety of reasons so you're i kind of want to try it well yeah i mean i thought you were going to say something else and i was going to get angry but i mean why wouldn't you try it i don't I, understand anybody that would just be like i'm never doing this Ugh. <laughs> like you wouldn't just test it out. Like why wouldn't you just try it out? Yeah, I just, I, I I think I'm like it's just weird to me. Now, I know that it, I might sound dumb, but like it's just weird to me that I would be eating like an Impossible Burger, like not actual, you know, meat, so to speak. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I just... like real meat. I like it a lot. You like meat? Yeah, meat, man. Whew. Ooh. Oh, fuck. There you go again. Look, here's my other question. This is since we have a little bit of extra time, I'm going to ask you this. All right. If you had a choice between, let's say, you could make a certain amount extra money, like say 10000 20000 50000 how much are you breathing right now? I wasn't really. I didn't think I was really breathing. You, dude, it was pretty good. Like you were getting up there. Oh, what do you do right. with the phone? Like when you're not talking, do you just put the thing directly up against your mouth? Do you yeah, hold it? A- it's, it's pretty close to my my mouth. Okay. I mean, you could try just like if you're not saying anything, you could like tilt it so that the ear part was next to your ear, so you could hear, and then your mouth wasn't directly pressed up against the glass. Listen, I, I haven't had a good mouth breathing uh, uh, fail in a while, so you're welcome. Okay. No, I mean, Promo yeah. material. I'll go. Just mouth. <laughs> Look, if somebody wants to pay us the amount of money to do a promoted post on social media, we'll put out there a promoted post on social media of just John mouth breathing for 30 seconds. <laughs> that actually, I would like that. <sighs> If we ever get to the point where we could have a Super Bowl ad, which I doubt that we will, but this is my guarantee. We will do a Super Bowl ad with nothing but you breathing into the glass like on the TV screen, and then we'll just put up Profoundly Pointless at the end of it. All right, here's my question, getting back to it. Thank God. Let's say there's an amount of money, 10000 20000 30000 40000 50000 et cetera, whatever, but you would make that extra amount of money, but you had to be 25% less happy. How much money would it take for you to be 25% less happy? Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I thought your numbers were kind of low, really. I mean, I would say, I'd say a hundred grand to be a quarter less happy. Maybe, maybe a buck 50. But if you're a hundred percent happy right now, and you went down to 75% happy, and you made an extra 50 grand, Mm, I would probably be in the 50 grand range. I guess I would just need to know, like, like what's going to make me unhappy? Like, am I, is my job going to be shit? Is just my overall unhappiness. It doesn't come from any one particular area. If you had five main areas of your life, like job, relationship, children, friends, and whatever else, all of them were reduced by an equal factor to make you 25% less happy. We should actually do this as a percentage of your income. 10%, 20%? For, I mean, it would have to be a 100% and then some. I, I wouldn't want to be a quarter. To, like 50 grand is going to last, what, a, a year, six I, months? Let's, but let's, let's say it's a, it's a salary increase. So 50 grand a year or 50% oh. a year or something like that. <laughs> well, salary, uh, yeah, I mean, then if I was getting a 50 grand salary increase... Uh, I, I would probably do it for 50. I, I would prefer 75, though, for sure. Okay. I would probably do it for 25% of my income when I would take that hit. Okay. I, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't take any kind of hit. I would want, like, I, I would I would want to up it because uh, I, I don't want to be unhappy. And I, I feel like a quarter, you know, 75% unhappiness is, or uh, happiness is like a lot of uh, of just bullshit in your life that I don't think I'd want to deal with. I think most people though are probably seventy five percent unhappy right or seventy five percent happy right now. So you would probably be then be reducing them to fifty, 
which then you're like, oh, fuck. That's that's a lot of unhappiness. I mean, maybe pre-COVID, I, I would say maybe. like I, But not now. We're like, I've been stuck inside with my family for going on four months. I don't want to be any more miserable than I already am. Okay, let's go on to the top five things that we waste money on then. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so wait a minute. Let's let's lay the ground here. rule. Are you are are you saying this is specifically things that you waste money on? Is that how your list is going? Because mine is just things that I think people waste money on. Uh, I did uh, what I think people waste money on. Okay. All right. What's your number five? Uh, I went with fast food. Okay. That's legit. I have a similar thing, much much higher, but not specifically okay. fast food. I think actually fast food. In terms of food, spending money on food is probably the best value because at least you're not wasting that much money. To me, really nice food is a complete fucking waste. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I I have something similar to that. Also, a, a higher on the list. When I meant fast food, I meant just you know, you could make yourself breakfast in the morning, but you would rather go. You know, you're on the you're in the run, whatever. You stop at McDonald's, seven bucks, boom. Two days later, seven more bucks. Now you're up to $15, you know, when you could have just bought a couple of, you know, uh, carton of eggs or whatever for four bucks. You know what I mean? That's That was my thought on, on like, the fast food. You're thought. spending $7 in the morning at McDonald's breakfast? How? I, to, to, to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't remember the last <laughs> – you're not going to believe this. But I don't remember the last time I went to McDonald's for breakfast. I can tell you when I go to, like, Taco Bell – or Culver's or something between me and my wife, like it's probably ten to fifteen dollars, ten to twenty dollars every time. Okay, that's not so bad for two people when you're talking about dinner. But if it's just you for, you should be under five dollars on a fast food breakfast. You but, get, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I I don't think I would be though. But I don't know what the prices are either to at McDonald's. Oh wow. Okay. Good. Uh, my number five I mean, is. Do you can you recite them off the top of your I, head? I know there's a dollar menu. <laughs> Whatever. What's your number five? Extended warranties. <laughs> See, I, I'm iffy on those. I agree most of them are shit, but it's like then when you need it and you didn't buy it, you're like, why the fuck didn't I just you know, pony up the extra 75 bucks and get it? Because the planned obsolescence, like I'm sure the product is designed to fail right after you got the extended warranties. They're supposed to last 10 years. The warranty ends at like five and then takes it all the way up to ten so that if it lasts at all, you've already lost your money. And you talk to anybody who does anything, whether that's from contracting work to manufacturers, if something's going to go bad, it usually goes bad within the first six months to a year. Like most of our relationships. No. What's your number four? Uh, So my number four uh, is really expensive – like uh, sp- tickets, like concert tickets, sporting event tickets, like people who spend like thirty grand on a Super Bowl ticket, Ooh. or like a thousand bucks to see the Eagles play when the median age of the Eagles are seventy five. Are like, you? Uh, it's a gigantic waste of fucking money to me. Are you going to try to get yourself up to the front of the concert, or are you just going to hang in the back? I mean, I'm going to try to get up to the front as much as I can. I feel like I'm the only person who would rather be way in the back. Like you can, it's easier access to alcohol. The bathroom's right there. You got more space. You're not pressed up against 16 other 
sweaty hot people that are fucking miserable. <laughs> There's not somebody taking a piss on your feet in the front row. Like that's fucking <laughs> awful to me. Uh, I'm sure we probably have had this conversation, but being in a pit uh, is, is is not the the most fun thing. But man, it sure can be quite exhilarating. That's oh, for sure. My God, are you a mosher? I, I'm not, but I've been involved in some, yes. Purposely, or did they, the pit form around you? Uh, like, usually, like, I was on the outer layer, and, like, you know, I'd be bumped into, so, like, I would shove somebody, and then and then you just, you know, your alcohol c- comes into play, and then next thing you know, you're on the ground. <laughs> I don't. I didn't see you as the type who was, like, running around the pit hunting people. You're more of a <laughs> no. stationary pit guy. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like... I'm the kind of guy that's, you know, at the bar, and then if someone interrupts my drinking, then we have an issue. For people who have never seen John, John, picture in your mind exactly the kind of person that when you're running around the pit, you're like, ooh, I'm going to slam into that guy. That's John. (laughs) That's what John looks like. I'm just going to slam into that guy. And there you go. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Yeah, I I don't want to disagree with that. I just... Yeah, I'm just there to have a good time. Just have a couple of drinks. No big deal. What's your number four? Now picture the guy in the back who wants nothing to do with the pit and is just watching everyone, and that's me. That's what I look like. <laughs> uh, my number four is uh, hobbies, like stuff that you pick up for a month or two. You think that's going to be your new thing. You buy all the shit for it, and then you never do it again. That's a good one. I, I wasn't I, – I wasn't thinking anything like that, but that's 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 a good one for sure. People spend insane amounts of money. I don't think I've actually ever done that, to be honest. If anybody wants about five hundred bucks worth of rock climbing gear, you go ahead and let me know because I've got it. <laughs> uh, let's see. What's my number three? So my number three is cable TV. Mm, are you saying specifically cable? Cable. Or are you just saying any of those kind of subscription-based services? Uh, specifically cable TV. I would agree. That's a massive waste of money when you think about it. If you've got 100 channels, how many of legitimately how many of those 100 channels are you watching? Half? Maybe maybe a dozen? Yeah, it's probably actually closer to like 25% of them. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not that many, I can tell you that. And then it's bullshit now. Listen, no one wants to hear me rant. So no, now now I want to hear it. It's just like I, we have Comcast in my area, so like I, I like this. I like sports. So some of the sports channels, even though they're same, the same network, you know, like Fox Sports, you have Fox Sports One, Fox Sports Two, but they divvy up like the sub channels and put them on different sports packages. So if you want the entire Fox Sports package, you have to buy like three other separate sports packages. Yeah, you were right. No one wanted to hear this. Makes no sense. Come on, Comcast. God it makes perfect it. sense that they're just trying to get money out of you. It's a good business move. It's not their fault that you fall for it. Anyways, all right. Go to a bar. Well, what's your number three? Oh, technology. Updated technology. Like, oh, I'm going to get the new iPhone. That's a waste. I got like a yeah. five and it still works great. <laughs> you had a BlackBerry when BlackBerry wasn't even like working. Don't you dare insult my BlackBerry. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> when I first met Nick, this is all you need to know about Nick. He had a uh, some kind of motorcycle. I don't even know what it was. More like a dirt bike with some paint on it. It's a standard a motor- s- standard motorcycle, right? Think of a motorcycle out of a movie 
from the 1950s, and that's basically what mine is, except updated to a modern look. The black bat baby, been parked out behind my house for the last year now, hasn't even been touched. Oh my god. Uh, anyways, um, so my number two is, uh, I combined it, luxury clothes slash cars. Yeah, cars is a pretty big waste of money, I would say. Because there's not yeah. okay, but what's the nicest car you've actually ever been in? Like, ooh, that's a nice car. Nicest car I've ever been in. Um, I mean, off the bat, I, I was in like a, I don't know, like a 2017 Mercedes. I don't even know if it was like a nice model. It was just a Mercedes. Yeah, that's the nicest car that I've been in. Like a Mercedes convertible. I'm not gonna lie. My wife was a little. She was. She was raring to go. I mean, if I ever got real hard up, I could go out and get one of those and come back and then probably been like, hey, want to go for this ride? And I'm probably I'm probably going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. But that was the nicest car that I've ever been in. <laughs> I, I think I should just move on. I think you, you've done sold it right there. Uh, what's your number two? So the basic point of that is uh, nice cars work. Um, <laughs> my number two is gambling. See, I understand why you why you put that on there, but gambling can also have a huge payoff if if you get it right. I think there's very few people who have ever had a net income on gambling. Well, you're talking to one of them. I don't think I've won a bet since I was like 24. So then you haven't had a net income? No, God, no. I think I could win out for the rest of my entire life, and I would still be down money. I might actually be pretty close to even just because I'm a very cheap gambler who just goes to Vegas, puts a dollar in the penny slots, and sits, tips the waitress like 50 bucks and sits there and drinks. Because <laughs> I've actually been to Vegas with you. you that, that is accurate. You are not someone that's just going to sit down at the table and uh, just sit there for hours, that's for sure. If you really want to do this right, go to the place where they come in and out tip the first one you see and give them like hey 50 just just keep this coming and they're all about it you can just get plowed i have a great time and spend a dollar it's fantastic what's your what's your number one uh bottled water oh okay i could see that i mean my number one is food i just think that's generally a waste right i'm not i I could make this burger for two dollars i'm not gonna pay you 20 to do it yeah, I, I I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, you go to some restaurants and you're paying a hundred bucks for what for a meal that costs six dollars. You know what? Honestly, should have been our number one is porn. Like, why would you ever <laughs> spend money on porn? There's if you if look if you have gone through all the free porn on the internet, I would <laughs> oh, like my. I would like to know what your life is like. Like, if you're like, man, I got to pay for something here, and it's not just like I don't want to download some stuff on my computer, but, like, I legitimately want better quality. Man, I would like to talk to you. I just want to know what's going on. What's on your honorable mention? Uh, So I put cigarettes, alcohol. I also put uh, some some gym memberships that charge you, like, $59.99 a month. Yeah, that's kind of a waste. Just makes no sense to me. I also said uh, buying music. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I would agree. Like when they used to have, 
when Napster first came out, which is how old I am, and you could just download that shit. Yeah, I mean, and now, I mean, YouTube's free, I think, and, and other things. It's just, and I listen, support artists. Like, I'm all about it, but, you know. I like, how do you even put those two things in the same sentence? I can download this for free, but uh, support artists, which is which is not what well, I'm going to do. Because it was do. all my honorable mention, but I want I, I want you know the listeners to know that I you know I support that. That's not me. You know what I mean? I'm just speaking. You know. So you don't watch the YouTube video of it? You go out and buy the album? <laughs> no, but I do watch YouTube. Yes, but I, I also subscribe to multiple services that I get music from. That artists get a cut of you know when i listen to their song what are these multiple services uh amazon prime okay and itunes uh music which might be the greatest thing ever invented by the way okay if you're a music fan okay i'm a spotify man but that's all right that's fine okay uh what's in my honorable mention nothing that you didn't really mention i mean anything that's kind of any kind of expensive clothes would, to me would be worthless. You know that that's a waste of money when basically it's the exact same shirt. Like the Hanes five dollar one is basically the same T shirt as the fifty dollar one that they make somewhere else. That's about it. I mean, I I, I really think I I put too much thought into this list probably, and I was trying to think of what are like we can say anything. It, it's just you know, it, it's too much, right? What are some things that like, are worth it? Like, that's the real tough question. Uh, there's some stuff that I've definitely been like, of course I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but there's been some stuff that I've definitely felt like, oh, I would pay more money for that. I'll tell you one right now is a Sonicare toothbrush. <laughs> my, okay, yeah, my my wife just uh, just actually brought something like that home and now wants me to try it. And is it is it specifically a Sonicare? No, I don't believe it's a Sonic here. Get, but it's, get, it's like, get rid of it. <laughs> I I will check, but I do not believe. I think this one was like twelve dollars. Get rid of it. Get a Sonicare. I'm going to tell you this right now. I paid a hundred and ten dollars for a toothbrush, and I would double that in a heartbeat and buy that same fucking tooth. It's it's like, look, you haven't if you haven't used a Sonicare toothbrush, it's a whole different fucking world. <laughs> It's like if you've had shitty vacuums all your life and then you buy a Dyson, it really makes you wonder, oh my, what was I doing this whole time before? Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's that's a great example. Dyson vacuum cleaners, you know, certain power tools, things like that. Like, it's better probably to go a little higher scale on some of those things than, you know, than less. I can, I'm going to try that toothbrush, though. That's amazing. Look, I, here's my three right now. Philips Sonicare toothbrush. Dyson vacuum cleaner and a nice mountain bike. Like if you've had shitty mountain bikes your whole life and then you get like a really good one, like seven hundred dollars plus, it what what the fuck was I even riding before? It's completely different. <laughs> what the fuck did I have my ass on for, for an hour? Like, what have I been I doing? Even comfortable. Like I didn't even know a bike could do this. Shocks? What the fuck is that? <laughs> it protects my little wiener. Especially when I tuck it under, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you imagine tucking your wiener under and then riding a bicycle? You imagine how much that would hurt? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody does that. Nobody. <laughs> Just try it next. Oh no, don't try. What would that. you pay don't more money for that, then? Please. What would you pay more money for then? 
Do you have any example? I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would pay more money for like certain appliances, like a really good dishwasher. Wow, like that's a, boring. Like a really good, like, like, like furniture, like, like stuff like that. Like, um, I mean, I mean, you named a mountain bike for fuck's sake. Oh, that's mountain bike is exciting. fun. A really nice table centerpiece. I mean, I just um, love them. Uh, I mean, I, I, I pay more for like a really good lawnmower. Okay, I would I would agree with that. Like a good edger, if you're not edging the yard properly, it just doesn't look right. I mean, I'm speaking for a friend, but I'm probably gonna be, you know their friends probably be paying more for a quality stripper. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. Would love to hear what you guys waste money on. Because, I mean, look, I feel like everybody's got something that they know, like, yeah, that's a pretty big waste of money. But they still do it. So do you, man. Or woman. Or whatever. 